0: Welcome to Story U Talk Radio. How are you doing today? I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted you are here. I help people write their books, blogs, and brands. I help them all year round. But you know what I'm thinking about today? If you're listening live, this is the second part of September, And for years, this was when I was either as a student, I was going back to school, or as a teacher, I was going back to school and I was getting ready for all the new kids. It's back to school time. And it's back to learning time. I remember, though, the jitters of being a student. And I also remember the jitters I saw in the new students when I was a teacher. I mean, we all know how daunting it can be, whether we're dealing with something socially, like, you know, will I make it into the cool clique or am I going to be pushed around by the bullies? Or maybe we have a certain scholastic pressure. What if I end up in a really tough class or some sort of unfamiliar environment? I know that was a story for me. I went to like, Something like 13 schools in 12 years. What if I get a mean teacher? Oh, no. You know, what if I'm not smart enough for my class or fast enough for the football team? All that stuff starts to really, really weigh on a kid's mind. They don't know how to deal with the pressure. You start to wonder, you know, why have I bit this off? I could have got out of college, I could have gone on and done something vocationally oriented or taken on the family business, but in, in many people's cases, what they're doing is they're claiming, I want to go on, I want to learn something, but now that I'm here on day one, I'm having these feelings that those bad times from school years gone by are just gonna follow me. Well, I didn't I can't say that in the in the very first semester or two that I really picked up on the level of anxiety that students were undergoing. But as I became more and more proficient, I started to really listen to the things people would say during the first, especially the first week of school. Um, Sometimes it would come up during the second week of school, but it was really my job as a teacher to notice that it doesn't matter someone's age. Anxiety is a thing. And if you've had experiences as a young person on that first day back to school, you know, maybe there was pressure around the, the cliques. Were you going to be in a click Or were you going to end up being pushed around by some of the bullies? You know, maybe there was some scholastic pressure around how tough is this class going to be? Or am I going to be in an unfamiliar environment? I know I went to 13 schools in 12 years. The whole new change of environment was just daunting for me. Then there's that feeling about your own development. You know, did my SAT scores come out all right? Am I going to be in the advanced placement courses with my friends? Or am I going to be left behind? What if I'm not strong enough to be in my current, my current grade? Or what if I don't learn fast enough? All this stuff. Goes through a kid's mind. And it doesn't go away just because a kid is 25 and now in college and claiming their major. Well, guess what? Not only does it happen there, but I can even have a 60-year-old come in, sit down, and spread out all their ideas about writing a book. And as we get started talking they say the same things that I used to hear from my college students. Like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for all of this. You know, well, do you think I'm smart enough to do that? I don't know if I understand. They would even ask, can I meet with you more often? It's not uncommon for a student to ask that. So, If we can work with the fact that anxiety that happens in those early school day years is just going to carry on until we meet those anxieties, then we're going to have better time doing the things that give us self-expression in our adult life. But I'm going to tell you this, pushing your way through it, finding your brute strength around it, just enacting willpower. While that might be a strategy, I got some better ones in mind. So I hope you'll stay tuned for today's show and be thinking about how it is that you like to step into learning. What are some things you like to have in place? Or if you're not quite sure, you might want to send me a question and tell me a little bit about any experience that you're wanting to have around writing your book or blog or brand. But what comes up? What keeps you from carrying it out? My guess is we can probably trace it back to a time when you were a younger student and things just didn't seem to be going well And you didn't have the resources in those years to iron things out or to even meet your own emotions with a loving and observing presence. Maybe that just was not a concept for you at all. I know it wasn't for me until I was well into graduate school. And at that point, I was about 30 years old And I was thinking to myself, there's this one situation where I was watching my cohort. There were four of us in this group. And the project we were working on was for the entire semester. And I just felt like all three of them were doing far better on the project than I was. So you can imagine group projects, you all get your own grade and you all work together but my thinking started to just take control. I started to think, oh my gosh, they're either going to leave me behind or I'm going to flunk out and have to do a whole nother semester by myself, you know, or with all new kids that I don't even know. You know, the mind can just take over. And you start entertaining ideas of maybe I can skip or quit or leave or you know, maybe maybe I can just run away. <laughs> and, and it's that fantasy of I'll get out of here before it gets really bad. So I'm guessing you know what I'm talking about. I've really never met anyone that got through some sort of learning, some sort of challenge that they really wanted to make it through and say, oh, yeah, it was a piece of cake. Easiest thing I ever did. I've, I've really never come across that. Most of us go through some kinds of challenges. And honestly, it's the process that we go through during the challenge that allows us to grow and allows us to feel more confident and more skilled as we take on bigger challenges at other times in our life. So... You might be at the point where you're ready to take on writing a book, and you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, I really want to do this. I've got a story in me. I am ready to go. And we get together, and three days into it, you might call me up and say, hey, guess what? I've had, you know, kind of a change of heart here it's it's not because you're not ready to write your book. It's because your mind has gone and fished out an experience from long ago. It's created the feeling of anxiety inside of you. And now you're thinking it has everything to do with the current day. Actually, it's probably lodged in an experience you had back there and grammar school or high school or maybe your college days, and we can go back in there, take a look at it, and work it out for you. We can be the ones that go and say, okay, that experience from way back when needed a certain amount of attending to that it didn't get way back when. And that's why your mind is bringing it up. It's saying, oh my gosh, don't make me go forward with my book and still have this big anxiety inside of me. I want to be done with it. I want to be past it. The interesting thing is that usually those anxieties are part of a pattern. And if we can look at them, if we can address them, It's not so much about killing them off. It's more about becoming more aware of who you really are so that you can see that anxiety is an emotion that comes and goes. It's not really your identity. And we often will think that. We'll think, well, you know, I didn't do so well on the SATs in the 10th grade. And so I'm stupid. That's it. That's, that's the truth. It's not the truth at all. You just have a certain identity now that you've written that starts with a big, I'm stupid. It's actually a false identity. The truth is things didn't go so well back there when you took the SAT, but there's probably even more truth going on. Like you didn't get any sleep the night before because you were nervous that you wouldn't do well. Maybe you were really hungry. Maybe things were going on in the family that caused you to feel like it was hard to remember. Maybe you didn't study well for it because you didn't know how to study well for it. And now you're thinking, I'm not going to be able to do this book, even though I have a real passion for it. I'm not going to be able to pull it off because the truth is I failed my SATs and I'm stupid. That's not the truth. It's just an anxiety that's living back there and we can go in and we can work with it. So today's topic, it's kind of about back to school time, or at least that sort of thinking, because I kind of do want to call up those jitters that you might associate with the first day of school. You know, it. It's normal, like I said, if you want to write a book, to have to confront those jitters again. It's also important to realize that the mind when you were young was thinking up, what am I going to do if I end up with a mean teacher? How will I survive the entire year? Or it might come up with some daunting fear around, what am I going to do if my friends End up doing better than me in school than I can do. What if I flunk out? Oh my gosh! Will my parents send me overseas to some far and distant camp where we never get to speak again? You know, when when I was first uh, dating my the man that was my husband. I mean, this is twenty five years ago, something like that. I remember one of the things he said was that he went to boarding school. Starting at age 14, it was a very expensive school, and it was a state or two away from his parents. He was 14 years old, and they had all kinds of rules about, you know, how much you could eat, when you could eat, what you could take into your little dorm room, who you were going to roommate with. You had to wear a uniform every day. He was 14, all he wanted to do was go skiing and ride bikes with his friends. And he's in a very serious environment. And he's being groomed, you know, for an upper echelon career. This terrified him every day. And I'll tell you this those anxieties continued as he went forward with his career. He really had to work at what to do around it. And I did too. Plenty of anxieties that I experienced in my school days kept coming up while I was going to college, even becoming a teacher, starting to do my own writing. It's normal. It's normal for those anxieties to come up and say, hey, 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 remember us? We were with you back there when you were 14 years old. The thing is, is that now that they've come up, we can manage them from a much more adult perspective that we just didn't know as a young person. A coach can help you with this. A therapist can help you with this. Possibly your loved one can help you with this. But don't avoid the help because if there's something you want to express in the world and the anxiety is coming up and saying, oh, no, 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 you can't do it. It's just a false identity, and that's an identity you can get beyond. There is a challenge before you, but there is no reason to believe in the identity that you're stupid, or that you're not qualified, or that you're going to flunk out, or that you're going to be left behind, or that you're going to be pushed around through the whole thing. Those are just bad, bad memories. So I'm going to take you through some exercise around that first day, what people tended to say, what it sort of meant if we read between the lines and what it might mean for you today. So stay tuned, my friends. We'll be right back.
1: know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach, D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence.
0: Hello there, my friends. This is Coach Debbie. I am your writing coach, And today I'm thinking about this timely thing that we have here in the Pacific Northwest. It's that time in September when kids go back to school. And I'm talking about the big kids, the college kids. They're back in school. And as a former college instructor, this is always a really special time of year for me. It almost feels like the new year. It feels like the fresh beginning, but something that I remember so much in that first week was observing the jitters of the new students. I mean, some of these students were only 16 years old. They were in like the running start programs where they could come to the college and also take classes at their high school, at their junior or senior level, but they're kind of getting a sense of what one college or two college classes might be like. There was also the the 18 to 22-year-old student, very common among the campus, but we had our fair share of people in the 25 to 30 age bracket, and we also had some students in their 40s. In the evening programs, definitely found students of all ages, well into retirement, many of them. It didn't matter their age. There was this really interesting fact that so many students would alert me, their teacher, that they had undergone anxieties as a student in the past, just by things that came up on the first day. So, for example, I learned that I had to be a really good listener of what was going on in the first week of school. That was going to be the only way I was going to be able to help people tap into their self-expression and get comfortable being in a language and writing course. Here's something that I would get from students all the time. It, it would happen usually week one, and you'd get a little note from a student, or they'd come up and say, I read the first assignment, but I don't get it. Am I supposed to write about chapter one or my own experience? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little about this. A student who says this, they come up to you, the teacher, and they're saying, you know, I read it, but I don't get it. What they're saying right away is, I'm capable. I did it. I read it, but I don't get it. Then when they pose the question, am I supposed to write about chapter one or am I supposed to write about my own experience? They're letting you know there's only two options that they're really sort of a black and white thinker. It couldn't possibly be that they're supposed to write a little bit about chapter one and weave it into their own experience. That sounds too weird. They're very black and white. Do you want this or do you want that? This is often a student who needs some structure. And so they're letting you know, I read your assignment. I don't get it. Do you want this? Do you want that? What's going on? That student is basically saying, there's a lack of structure here for me to achieve. See, this student is very proactive. They might not know that they have any issue with anxiety, but what they know is they had better take care of the fact that they don't get it. They know during week one is the time to strike and say, help me out. This is a student who really needs limited written instruction, but they need things to be very clear. They might even need pictures. They might need icons. They might be the one that is actually thinking about dropping the class. They're seeing signs on the on the wall that the way they think and the way the teacher think needs some clarification. And if that continues, they're not going to be comfortable and they're just going to bail. This is one of the sad things about having college classes is that you can drop if you're not doing swimmingly well in the first few weeks. You can leave. In fact, you can leave You know, anytime within the first five days and get all your money back and either invest it in another class or just leave. Now, when you're a younger student, you couldn't do that, right? You had to go to school for the whole year. You were kind of stuck. That's what you got. I don't know if that's changed much. I don't know if you can say, hey, it's not working out with Mrs. Smith and we want to go to Mr. Jones. I I don't really know. But I can tell you at the college level, you get a lot of choice. So now did you relate to that student I was just telling you about? The one that says, hey, I read it. I don't get it. Do you want me to do this or do you want me to do that? Because if you relate, you're probably someone that deals with your anxiety from a bit of a defensive mode. You're you're defending that you really need any help by being um I was going to say articulate but that's not exactly what I mean. It it's almost as if you are uh like an advocate. You're an advocate for yourself in the early days. I don't get it, but I know you either want me to do A or B. If you're like that, underneath all this is some anxiety. And when you can find it, when you can go in there and look for it, and find it, there's usually this sense of, all I need is more step-by-step instruction or process, and I'll be fine. And that's a very kind way of meeting up with your emotion, is to say, you know, long time ago, I didn't have all the written instruction that I wanted. It didn't make sense to me the way it was written. I didn't do well because of that, and I don't want to go through that anymore. If you're aware of that and you can meet that with kindness, you're going to do just fine because you don't have the identity of you not being a success. You have the identity as one that needs to get clarification or that doesn't understand everything right away. But you can nip that early, early on by seeing, aha, if I think I'm not getting it, and I'm asking someone else to point things out to me so I get it, it's really just because I want to feel comfortable. I want to continue. I want to be a success. In the background, you just have to be careful of that voice that might be saying, if I don't get it, I'm going to drop out of here. If I don't get it, I'm going to get my money back. That's, that's the defense going a little hardcore on you and relating far more to the experience when you were young than what's in front of you right now. So case in point, I had a student that was writing her book and doing a wonderful job at it. Oh, my gosh. I was just so impressed with her. She got about two-thirds of the way through, and I started to notice this edge, this edge that was really coming out in her. And she'd say, well, now, do you mean this or do you mean that? It was always really black and white. I only had two choices. Do you mean this or do you mean that? Did you want me to do this or was I supposed to do that? That's another way of talking with defense. Was I supposed to? See, the neat thing about writing a book is there's so many ways to do it. So you might be working with someone like me or someone else that gives you a lot of open-ended ideas around it. But when I hear someone like this recent past client that's saying, do you want me to do this or was I supposed to do that? She's kind of letting me know, all of a sudden, something about this is making her feel anxious. She doesn't want to keep going and find out she's not really a writer. That's what's scaring her. But it's as far from the truth as one could get. She's just recalling in that moment something that really scared her. And when I say recalling, could be that her body is recalling it more than the thoughts and the memories and the clear pictures in her mind. I can remember being that person where I would get in a situation that was all new and I'd notice like my palms are getting sweaty or my knees are starting to shake a little bit. My body was remembering that this situation is stressful and somehow like an old one, but my mind, my mind hadn't yet recalled exactly what was it that happened? What is it that my mind is kind of stuck on and ruminating, but it's not really informing me yet that this feeling, this sweaty palms, knocking knees thing has something to do with the past far more than it has something to do with the present moment or the condition of my future. See, this is why the first week of school is so informative. It gives us the opportunity to bring up what is driving our anxiety. And if we can look at it and meet it with a sense of, oh, oh, right. I had an experience long ago when I didn't know how to get out of it, when I didn't have the resources to meet it with a thoughtful, clear understanding, and now it's here again. It's here again, and it's asking, hey, will you help me out? I'm thinking there's only one or two ways to do things, and this writing coach is saying there's six choices here. How am I going to make one of six choices? I don't know what's the best one. Well, here's the good news. You're an adult now. You can say right away, I need a little more guidance with this. I need to feel a little more comfortable with this. I don't know if I've ever been given six choices before. If you're working with someone, it's possible they're going to recognize that you're feeling scared. You're really thinking about dropping out or demanding a refund or something crazy like that when the truth is you are mega talented and that person wants to help you keep going forward. There's also a little uh, eyebrow raising sometimes when I would get a student that would say, usually during the first day, first few days, can I talk to you after class? I'm worried about my grade. Now, here's what's interesting. You, you teach in, in Washington a college class. That means there's 55 meetings with your students. And if on day two they approach you and say, you know, I need to talk to you after class. I'm, I'm feeling worried about my grade. Uh, that, that really can't have much to do with the current class because we just got started. We've just barely learned each other's name and read the syllabus. My hunch every time is that they're actually worried that they're they're seeing something in the syllabus or in the assignment that has triggered their body. Their body's nervous and their mind is starting to recall, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to go down the way that thing went down in the third grade. I don't want it to go down like that. I don't want to get a C minus on my first paper. I don't want that. I can see it's coming. I can see the writing on the wall. You know, people will say things like that. Now, here's the good news. The student that can say, can I talk to you? I'm worried about my grade is simply just being honest. They're being honest that anxiety is here. And they might know. Know how to say that. I'm anxious. But as a teacher, my job is to recognize that here they are on day two, anxious, and there's something in their past that's gotten triggered, and we can work with that. We can work with that right now. Usually, this person likely had some sort of experience with some kind of failure. And they just couldn't cut it off at the past. They didn't know any better. Of, they didn't maybe even know to go and talk to their teacher. Or they might even fear that somehow the success they were looking forward to will not happen because in their third grade memory, maybe they got in a lot of trouble with their folks. Maybe it went down that way. So for anyone that's gone through this, That feeling of anxiety or that inability to deal with some sort of test or some sort of authority, that might be the student, or if it's you, saying, it isn't safe to take risk. It isn't safe to not have communication. It isn't safe to go forward unless I really, really understand. It isn't safe for me to be that one that could set herself up for a bad grade. That would be terrible. There's also something I remember in the college, and that was you could take this thing called a hardship grade. Mm -hmm. It got a little out of hand sometimes, a hardship grade meant a student could come to the teacher usually before the midpoint of the quarter and say, um, things aren't going well in some other aspect of my life. And I would like you to just sort of wave me out of class. I realize I can't get a refund. And I also realize if I want to go on with my education, I'll have to repeat this class at a certain time, but there will be no F or no C on my report card. There will just be a little hardship, a little H that means I was excused. Often the person that wants to speak to the teacher, wants to know that there's nothing risky coming down the pike, has risky stuff going on in some other area of their life. Now why is this important to know? Because if you are setting out to write a book or a blog or a brand or do something that really is going to promote your success and really allow you to step into self-expression, you want to take a look at where you've already got some risky business in your life and how you're communicating with it. If you're saying, I want to communicate with the teacher, it's possible that that is a safe place to communicate, and back at home is not such a safe place. Now, see, the reason we're talking about these first-week jitters around school is because they don't just magically vanish. There are anxieties that if we can work with them, meet them kindly, and meet them lovingly, we'll usually see they're part of our past. We can leave them there, and we can go on and be expressive now in our current identity, knowing we have the support of the person that we've chosen for our mentor now. Might not have had the skills when you were young, but now— Now you have the ability to say what you need. And a good teacher is going to recognize what you're saying. They're going to be able to read between the lines, and they're going to be able to help you dissolve some of this anxiety so you can keep moving forward. Now, when we come back after this break, I'm going to tell you a little story about my own transitions over that bridge of anxiety and I will also be taking your letters, so stay tuned.
1: You know Coach Debbie from Story you Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career, transform your home, or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just. Sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach, D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence.
0: Welcome back to Story U Talk Radio How are you doing out there in this beautiful month of September? Is it for you the way it is for me? Does it feel like that season of jumping back into learning is upon you? It always is for me. I always loved school. I loved my teachers. I only had two rotten ones when I was in primary school and the rest, oh, I had a rotten one in high school too. But you know what? Out of all the teachers I had, just three, just three, I had really good experiences in school. It was a happy place for me to go. I liked studying. I can't say that I liked recess and that sort of time because I was a bullied kid, and being away from the authorities meant it was just open game for people to prey on Debbie. So that was the hard part for school. But the learning, I loved it. The expansion, I loved it. New ideas, I couldn't get enough of it. I I was just a glutton for school. But there were a lot of people around me that were not. They did not necessarily relish in learning. They didn't necessarily want to go to school. And by by seeing that, I later came to understand that in the classroom specifically, not just going to school, but in the classroom, I was having a really good experience where a lot of the people around me were not. And maybe, maybe, maybe that had something to do with me wanting to be a teacher. I don't know. My mother had always said, even when I was a really little kid, you will be a teacher. And she said that because I really enjoyed teaching my brother things. You know, we're almost six years apart. And that was just natural for me to be his teacher in a lot of ways. At the same time, I can remember how I gave myself a five-year gap between being 18 and 23 you know, graduating from high school. I was, tw- I was 23 when I finally stepped into college, and that was very intentional. I was one of those kids that thought, you know what? I survived high school without being shot to death by one of the mean old kids. I'm never going back, never. And it took my friends graduating from college to tell me that it was a completely different experience. At that point in my life, those years, 19, 20, 21, I was looking for a vocation or a way to learn on the job. You know, I was imagining, maybe I'll go to beauty school and learn all about skincare. That sounds cool. There was a while where I thought, jewelry, jewelry could be fun. That sounds cool. I liked fashion. Maybe I could work in some really... In fact, I did work for a very short period of time at a boutique and I thought, ooh, what can I learn here? Unfortunately, they fired me after (laughs) a very short period of time because I wasn't so good on the register and I couldn't do alterations and those were two things I lied about to get the job. So I had to learn, like many other kids, if you're going to go back to college and be courageous and take on new learning and all that stuff, you're going to find yourself in situations where you are anxious all over again. So this was very, very true for me. My very first quarter in school, I took speech communications. Now, I did not pick this class. It was available and I was registering, you know, a matter of days before school started. So I listened to the the school counselor when he said, this class will serve you no matter what you decide later to major in. And I'm like, oh my God, but does it mean I'm going to have to stand in front of people and give speeches or like, I mean, I can't do that. And he said, but that's why you're taking the class. You'll get to learn. Well, I thought it would kill me. But I decided, you know, I got this far. I've enrolled in school. I'm taking other classes. I might as well take something that scares me. And man, man, did this course scare the life out of me. So this is the kid I was. I wasn't the kid that said, like I mentioned in the early part of the show, you know, I read the assignment. I don't get it. Do you want me to do A or do you want me to do B? I just need more instruction. I wasn't that kid. I wasn't that kid that was being really self-activated and making sure that I got a good start. I also wasn't this kid. Like, can I talk to you after class? I'm worried about my grade and it's only week two. I wasn't that kid. I had a lot of confidence in my smarts, but I was this kid and you might be too. I was I was the kid that was a little nervous because my eyesight is low, but I had the sort of anxiety that led me to ask my teachers if I could do them a favor. So for example, I might come up to the teacher at the end of class and say, you know, could I, um, could I erase the boards and straighten up the the desks for you? Because I'd always see the, the college um, instructors doing that. And they'd say, oh, thanks, sure. So for me, this was me stepping into building rapport with the teacher why because i didn't have a way to tell out you know outwardly that there were things going on in the background that i didn't know how to talk about for example after i gave my very first speech my knees shook so bad i have no idea how I managed to continue standing after that. Isn't that kind of funny? I mean, I I went on to be a teacher. I do a radio show. I'm not afraid of speaking in public anymore. I'm even that person that's sometimes at conferences that's asked if I'll come up and, and share a word, and they gave me no forewarning, and I can go up and do it. But when I was 23 years old, a brand new college student, I nearly fainted. Now, how did I deal with it? I asked the teacher, can I stay after class and help you, you know, arrange the desks and uh, clear off the chalkboard? Of course she said yes. But she was also a very intuitive woman and she could tell I had a much bigger fear It wasn't necessarily the fear of giving a speech that was getting to me. That wasn't it at all. The fear was going back to the fact that as a kid, I had been bullied and picked on and criticized, and I was so afraid, so afraid that if I opened my mouth in class and said a word, I would just be instigating that old bully mentality among these kids. So I don't remember the conversation with the teacher, but I remember this tactic of, can I help you? And then my subconscious sort of took over and told her a little story, probably something to the effect of, gosh, I don't know if you could see, but my knees were shaking so bad during the speech. And um I hope that doesn't, you know, I hope that doesn't take away from what I wrote. Um I just it just felt like scary like I was back on in recess, you know, with the the scary kids from young days. I don't know. I probably said some story like that. I probably tipped her off in some sort of way. Um but I didn't really consciously know that I was saying to her, I need you to help me get centered in your class. I didn't have that in my awareness. What I had going on was this fear that my knee shaking, my near panic attack was going to somehow sabotage me. And I probably shared with her some, some story, some incident that pointed to the past She was, like I said, a really understanding, very thoughtful teacher, and she helped me meet those feelings right away. I remember one thing that she said at the very end of class. She was really proud of me, and and I got a very good grade out of that class. And one of the things she said was, I am really impressed with how you have overcome your old self. She wrote this on my paper. And I remember cutting it out in the shape of a heart and I put it on my bulletin board for a really long time because I had never heard it said quite like that, overcoming my old self. That was really a key time for me to understand I was doing something kind of scary. I was going to speech class and learning how to give speeches, but that wasn't what was driving my fear. What was driving it was this old identity that I'm the kid you can pick on, criticize, push around for anything I say, do, think, anything. And she was helping me understand Actually, you've become more thoughtful and kind towards yourself. You are overcoming your old self, your old identity, that other girl that you were at a different time in your life when you didn't know how. That's what she was teaching me. I don't think she ever said all of that. But I do remember that final comment on my page, just because I I clipped it out and it was on my bulletin board for a long time. It made me really think my old identity. I'm overcoming my old identity. Well, guess what, boys and girls? Any of us can overcome an old identity. It's not going to look like that's what's going on right away. You might be putting yourself in a situation where you're writing a book, you're writing a blog post, you're putting yourself out there on social media, you want to be more self-expressive, but what you're finding is that you're scared out of your mind or you're feeling kind of sick or you're thinking you just don't interface well with technology. You're knocking at the knees you're resisting clicking on post. Well, there's a good reason for that. Probably your old identity, that person that got shoved around, picked on, had problems at home, something was going on, and it was really kicking up anxiety. But now, now you can get some help, some thoughtfulness, Toward that old identity. And what you're going to find is that it starts to fade away. The power of that old identity no longer has power over you. I can be in situations today where I am the brand new girl and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get bullied. I can be in situations where someone says something that's really not very thoughtful. And instead of being angry, or leaving, or crying, or throwing a fit, I can be an adult and realize, you know what, that goes back to their limitation. I'm not the one limited. I'm not the one that said the unkind thing. That goes back to them. And it might behoove me to feel a little compassionate toward them instead of just engaging in more ongoing bullying scared stuff, social anxiety, all of that. Listen, this is the time when people are going back to school. Be that person that reflects back that person's strength. Help people continue to learn and to grow and to expand. School is not about quitting or dropping out or getting a refund. It's about expanding. So whatever school you sign yourself up for, stay in it. Get your support. I am here with you every Thursday. I always bring you brand new topics. Come back and be with me next week. And until then, my friends, namaste.